Okay, today's daf, we learned daf Samech Dalad, and in yesterday's Mishnah, we, sorry, yesterday's Shir, towards the end of it, we began the Mishnah. And the first case was Koshrin et Hanimin. So I'm actually just share some charts here for you, just because so, uh, the flow of the sugya might help. So that was that our Mishnah said, the instruments of the Levim used to play, as they sang Shir for the Korbanot, they would, uh, if a string broke, in the middle, then it'd have to, then what the mission is saying, you could tie that string. Um, as we said, it's just get the last one again. So tying it in the middle. Now, the point is that is because even though it's that's meaning social kayama, because you're not, you're not going to want to keep it in that way because you're going to repair it after going to it. But you can't put it from the outset. You can't actually, meaning pull out the pegs. So you can put in a brand new string. You can tie it, but you can't pull out the pegs and put a new string. And that was because that's effectively making a cleat. So you're allowed to make this makeshift thing. It's considered it's a rabbanon, and that was a shvut that was allowed in the mikdash. Very put very simply. Now the Gemara says as follows: Amar Yossi Barbun. That's the law. I know you got ker here, but the understanding according to Rambam is the law ker ker Rebbe Shimon. That it's not like Rebbe Shimon Belazar. Rebbe Shimon Belazar says nima. If a, if a string, meaning a musical string, of the kinor of one of the harps or lyres, shenifsak, that broke, the kashra, and you simply tie it together, he ain't on call. That's actually going to produce a significant sound. You won't be able to tighten it. Ella, what should you do? Meshal shel milamala, the onva milamata. What you should do is you should meshal shell from the top, meaning, again, it would be wound around pegs at the top of the bottom. So you can sort of let some more thread out from the top to extend it down to the bottom and then do an aniva, okay? And then tie it that way, which is interesting. But uh, I'll, I'll explain that. Reb Chaim says, that if you're going to tie in the middle, it's not going to work. Therefore, simply tying the middle, you're going to do a chilu shabbos, okay? Because it's not going to produce a sound. Ella, what you do, mashal shell, down to the bottom. You extend it and then tie it down the peg down the bottom. Because down the bottom, it will be sufficient by the peg if you just do some sort of aniva, like a boat. Despite the fact you're going to do tikkun mana as a result, it's more of a tikkun mana when you take it down to the bottom. But despite the fact that it's a tikkun mana, that's a malacha right now, as opposed to the Tanakama that says it was only allowing a malacha do rabbanan. Kedemasayim, that's all like the Messiah, the Sphere of the Rebbe Shimon Berlazar, the clay shir ma'ak vineta korban. That the ik, there's a machlok, and when there was shir, what was the ikka shir? Was bapel bakli. Meaning, if you didn't have one, would it ma'ak of the offering of the korban? Because the shira was required during the time of the offering of the korban tamid. So he understands that the actual kli was ma'ak of korban. If you didn't have a kli, it was ma'ak of a korban. So this is a machshira mitzvah. Hilkach, therefore, docha Shabbos. That's why you can properly do a tikkun kli here. I'm all, and the rest of it I'll say outside. So then the question is, because if we look at the chart here, you've got the Rachachamim, so you do a kshir in the middle, with a, which is only Isud Rabbanan, if you call it, it's a shvu, to ketcher she'en or shalkayama. However, Chachamim, Rebbe Shimon says, that's, gonna, that's not going to do anything. So you can probably, properly do a proper malacha. You can do a niva down the bottom, which is going to be a tikkun kli, and that's okay, so machshir mitzvah docha into the Shabbat. However, what's the opinion of the Chachamim in our Mishnah or our Mishnah? Either they understand that no, it's you can't do proper malacha the writer because Ika Shira Bapeh and the Kalim aren't Ma'akiv, 
All they are, it's a part of the broader debate we've seen in the past, which is whether machsher mitzvah docha Shabbos or not. And that's machlok at Rebbe and Rebbe Kiva. We've seen it once before, a few times actually, in Masechta Shabbos. Okay, so that's kind of the machlok in um, that between the Breiter and our Mishnah. So is there, I'm sorry, is there a havamina in there that it, that the essentially, so to speak, the Mishnah knows that when you tie the string in the middle, it's not going to, it's not going to be musical. But it's part of the. It, it, there's a drisha that the that the instrument be shalem, so that all the strings should be there, whether they're functioning or not. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't think so, um, because it's. I, know, I don't know. I, I don't. I, yeah, but I, my, my intuition is not because it sounds like the Reb says his objection was if you do some sort of kshira, it's a mechilut habeslul tzorech. And uh, I'll tell you why I don't think so, actually, because we've said that shvutim are allowed in the base of Migdash only for the Tzorach. Okay? Meaning uh-huh. not all shvutim mutar. If it was just some sort of symbolic appearance thing, then it's not the Tzorach. Unless you say it's ma'akev, the clean and they can use the rest of the instrument. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I think this understanding is according to Chachamim would be sufficient this way, but you can't do, you can't do a full tikkun mana. You can, it's sufficient enough. And that's the most you can do. That's what it seems like. Uh-huh. It just seems that it's it's difficult to believe that uh, there's a machloket about the, the mysterious whether in terms of whether together can work not. Well, it might be that according to I, I don't I don't know again I don't not to mention much time on this, but it might be according to Reb it doesn't bring, give it to the level that's required of a kli because ikar ikar shira the kli, where chachamim say no, it, it's ikar is bepet, and therefore you can't do malacha deraisa for it, but this is sufficient. Mm. So it's efficient to produce some sort of sound, but not to the level that Rebbe is required. It could be that type of... Now, there's not Malcham Metzius if it produces a nice sound or not, but in terms of the Rama of quality, perhaps. Okay? Yes. Let's continue. Thank you. Okay. Now, the next thing is Chotchinet Yabelah Migdash. So here, the Yabelah was a war, if you recall. And we, we explained in the Mishnah that we were talking about... In the Mishnah, we were talking about was referring to a Korban. And we, the way we explained the Mishnah, we're saying that the Mishnah said, Now you can't do it even just with your hand, but we said that was gozes, like cutting off some hair or like shearing. So cutting off this wart is like gozes. However, if you do it, it's okay. However, the Gemara, he actually, that's only one opinion, as we'll see in a moment. Because what we see is there's another Mishnah that says as follows. This is by the Krom Pesach. That the chaticha cutting off the yabel at the wall from a koran pesach is not doche. Doesn't seem to differentiate between yad and kli. And here you say in the basement you can cut off the yabel Now, what we're going to see is five different explanations how to resolve the two Mishnah. I mean, again, they're all on the chart. So, Rab Simon Beshem Rab Beshur Ben Levi said Beshem Rab Hadat, Mibne Kil Kul Payasot. Now, this is really fascinating because. Uh, um, the, again, a few ways to understand, but Chaim says it's actually we're not talking, our Mishnah wasn't talking about the wart on a korban. We were talking about a wart that was on a kohen that would effectively constitute a mum for a kohen. And the assumption is, again, that because if we don't allow you to cut off the wart, it's going to ruin the payas and you have to do the payas all over again. And that's enough of a justification for you to do it because you've got another option versus what? So you can do a biyad, that is, obviously with a shinoi, you can't do proper gozes. But for a korban pesach, just simply get another korban. You don't, there are you know, plenty of lambs and young goats around. So if that one didn't work out for you, you can't override this is the for the korban, simply get a different one. 
So it's interesting already, suddenly we have a shift in the Mishnah, we might actually not be talking about a Korban, we're talking about a Korban himself. So because we don't know Makalkal, the payas of the lotteries, after it's already performed, yes, we override the Rabbanan to let you do it by hand and not with a Kli. But for a Korban, there's no, there's no reason to override the, Rab- the, the Rabbanan, even though it might be in Beis Amigdash, or for the purpose of Beis Amigdash, be a Korban, because it just is another Korban. So Amar, okay, and then, Levi, Suvaya, Sovaya, sorry, that's uh, and that's his name. The difference is in terms of what are we talking about? In terms of what type of wart is it? One is where it already crumbles in the hand, like it's uh, it's it's dried up so much that it crumbles, such that then it's no real issue mishum gozes at all. So there's no reason even like really okay, yes, with a cleavage, the mission says not to do so because maybe it's domila real gozes, we might mix it up, but yeah, there's no reason to make exera exera. Okay. However, Rabbi Shimon ben Yakim. Sorry. However, the the when it comes to the korban Pesach, well, that's that's ainu nifrechet. It's mamash will be considered you're you, you're running the risk of doing gozes, which is malchad oraisa. Rabbi Shimon ben Yakim says very similarly. Kan belecha, kan beyavesha. So lecha is where it is moist, and yavesha where it's dry. So it's not nifrechet, but it's on the way to being nifrechet, and therefore it's also considered very similar argument of Shimon ben Lakish. Okay. Um, fine. Uh, yeah, it says, uh, that's it, that's enough. We'll keep, we'll keep reading. Rabbi Yossi ben, ben Hanina Amar, can be yad, can be kli. And we explained that the different, the Amish is different, and yad and kli. As we explained before, when it's yad, it's in the Rabbanan. And what's it, what then the Mishnah, when it first to the Korban Pesach, that you can't cut it, that's talking about but kli. Like our Mishnah itself differentiates. That's already answer number four. Next, and we get, won't get to answer number five just yet. Let me interject it's with the following thing. It says, after Rabbi Yoshua ben Yakim Kafra and In other words, these last two opinions, which I've highlighted in the chart in orange and this sort of gold color, actually align with another machloka, which I've highlighted below, between Bakapara, Kafra, Bakapara, and Rabbi Yochanan also highlighting orange and, um, orange and gold. Hopefully it'll make it easy for to do the alignment. Now, what is that? The machloka is as follows. It's called Makalkel and Peturim. All cases of Makalkel, a part when it comes to malachas, malachas on Shabbos. You know, in other words, if you're doing something fundamentally, it's actually that's destructive, then or ruining, then that and that wouldn't constitute malachah doraisa. Because again, malachah Shabbat has to be constructive. That's generally the malachas. That's why also when it comes to, um, for example, soter, it's soter amalach. But if not, it's not just destroying a house as a malachah. It's like breaking a hole in the wall to, to for the purpose of you know in, installing a window. Or, you know, that we talked about in Sector Shabbos extinguishing. It's generally to produce a coal or something like that. However, it says all the makalkal in a pturim chutz min ma'avir, which is kindling, and also osechabura, and also do, producing, like making a wound. That even though they are makalki, you might be makalki the chayev. Now, why is that? Rukhaim quotes uh, the Babli here, says, the fact that the Torah had to come, go out of its way to permit a brit milah on Shabbat, Means that even inflicting a wound, even though it might be makalkel, is actually al machodel ba almu Okay. The other understandings, medasrin rachmana, the fact that the Torah was prohibited the havarad the bakoin, which is a the the sreifa, the punishment for bakoin who um, had an affair. Shmamina shemavir ba alma, that generally mavir ba alma, any type of kindling would be chayev. So we learn it from those cases of brit milah and bakoin. Okay. Now, the question is, what are we talking about within the case of Makalkel? So Bar Kafara says, Amar Afil Ladam, or meaning even if it's what's called a Malachi Chainsaw Gufa, meaning even if I don't, even if 
if I inflict a wound on someone and I'm not doing that to extract any blood or I am um, burning something and I don't need the afer, it would still, we go, it's more, so chamur when it comes to these two malachas of ma'afir and chabura, you'd still be chayav on Shabbos. Rabbi Yochanan says, no. He says, v'huch et sarich, I needed to, I sarich ladam, or the afar. Meaning, so I'll read you what I've written on the notes on the side here, is that when Rabbi Yochanan says, I understand the makalkal b'chabura would be chayav, even though it's somewhat destructive. However, adain it states, sarich liot malachat shetzrich lagufa. Okay. Now, what's the case with the Brut Milah? Well, Brut Milah, he understands that's a Tzorach Mitzvah, and a Tzorach Mitzvah makes it Tzachashiv Tzorach, it makes it considered Tzorach Lokofa. That's how he learns it from Brit Milah. In other words, when the Torah says, says, oh, Brit Milah, is, that's an exception. You know, you can, um, uh, you can that, that overrides Shabbos. Mashmah, generally a wound that is also Letzorach, because Brit Milah was Tzorach Mitzvah, is also, would, would, um, that's, that's when we say Yibichayev, even though it's Makalkel. Okay. But the, the big nafkin between the shittot, before we tie back to the debate up above between Rabbi Shimon ben Yakim and Rabbi Yossi ben Hanina, is that we see that when is a chabura chayib, even though it's makalkel, according to bar kapara or kafra, all the time? According to Rabbi Yochanan, it's only if it's tzarech ladam, in other words, you have to have something to tzarech logofo. Now, how does bar, let's now try and look at the charts here. How is it that, bar, that Rabbi Shimon ben Yakim aligns with bar kapara? That is because is that even though you said, like, in other words, our Mishnah, you can't say that our Mishnah is deferring to if it's, because um, again, let's have a look at Rashim Yakim. He says, our Mishnah is Biyavesha. Sorry. Again, we're saying Rabbi Karpa is like Rabbi Shimon Yakim. And our Mishnah has to be talking about Yavesha. Meaning you can't say it's talking about like Rabbi Yossi Ben-Nechina, that's also Belecha. Meaning if it were, even if it was moist. Why? Because, if it was moist, according to Bar Kapara, it wouldn't make a difference if you, if you did a biyad or if you did it Berkeley. Why? Granted, the biyad would remove the fact that it's not considered gozes. Okay, because gozes, the malach of gozes, I'm using sort of clear to shear off the wool from the sheep. So if I did a biyad, like we've been saying, then it's okay. I've got a, around the problem of saying it's gozes. However, there's another problem. I'm inflicting a chabura. I'm inflicting a wound on this, on the, on the, on this either coin or the, or the, or the animal, however you understand the Mishnah. And for that, inflicting a wound, there is no difference between Yad and Kli. And if he's pulling out dumb, according to Barakapara, it doesn't even matter if I need the dumb or not. It makes no difference because <coughs> it doesn't need to be a Malachat Shatrichalagufa for, for Chovel. So I'd be Chayev. So in other words, the reason why Rabbi Shimon and Yakim says we must be talking about Yavesha, that it's not producing any blood when you remove it. And he can't be talking about Leicha like Reverse Ben Chanina, because if it was Leicha, if it was moist and it's going to, and it's going to, uh, some blood will be extracted, it wouldn't make a difference between Yad and Kli. And our mission differentiates between Yad and Kli. Okay. That's the right side of the chart where Rabbi Shimon Ben Yakim aligns with Bar Kapa. Now, how does Rabbi Yochan, how does Rabbi Yossi Ben Chanina align with Rabbi Yochanan? Well, very simply, because our Mishnah could even be talking about Belecha. And therefore, what are my two concerns? One is maybe it's Gozes, or maybe the other one, maybe it could be Chavala. Uh, well, I can solve it. The reason our mission differentiates between Yad and Kli, because as soon as it's Yad, it's not Gozes, and that's why it's allowed in the base of Mikdash. Ah, what about Chavala? Well, what about inflicting a wound? Well, it's, I'm not, ain't it Tzarech Ladam? 
I don't need the blood in this situation. And therefore, it's not, it's a machach in gufo. That's why it's also only, you know, as of the rice according to Rabbi Yochanan. And that's why Rabbi Yossi ben Hanina lied to Rabbi Yochanan that I can differentiate between, that it's enough to say, yes, we can be told about Lech across the board. But in the Mishnah, it's Biyad, whereas the, when it's Asur is when it's Bikli. Okay, that's how the, the, the two opinions align. Okay. Um, I put in brackets another piece of Eon, but I can already see we're going to go over time, but so that's just to continue. Um, now, the final opinion is, back to the Gemara, is Rav Acha Rav, says that Rav Chinina B'Shem Yochanan says, Kan v'kan anan Once again, this seems to align very similarly with Shita Rav Yossi ben Chanina, but the, but the Mishnah is, again, we're talking about Leicha, but the difference is whether you tzarich ladam or not. Because who knows tzarich ladam, again, doesn't make a difference between Yad and Kli, like we just explained. And in a, again, the case where the Korban Pesach be asked to remove this Yabelet sounds like even the Yad would be because I'm Tarikh Ladam. I need the, I, I'm, I, like I need the Dam for that situation. And therefore, um, therefore it turns to Melachat Chavala like Rabbi Yochanan, as we said. Okay. Next on the next mission. This is a Halachi Gimel. Get rid of these charts now. No more. Of them. No more of them today. Okay. And it's jumping around the screen for me. Okay. Turn it off. Okay, so Cohen has a has a wound on his finger. We can say he can alav gemi. He can take some green, green grass and wrap it around his hand. Now it's interesting here. Why are we even allowed to do that? Why is it not? Because it says avalo the midina. You can't do it midina. Why? Because mishum rafua. So in the other words, the issue is a shvut, and it's a shvut because we say in shvut of mikdash. But again. It, not all shvutim are allowed in the Mikdash, what means to the Rabbanan. So it has to be some sort of tzorech in the base of Mikdash. What's a tzorech? Rabbi Chaim says, the love orach arash makaton red bashat It's not proper for a coin to serve in the base of Mikdash with his wound exposed. That's what it sounds like. Therefore, Mokhzer Tabagemi. Now, the Gemara is going to address this because it could be other issues that we say in a moment. Avalob, as we said, however, if you're trying to do it to extract blood, then come the kind of asu because that's tzorech la Next, you can scatter salt on the ramp so that people don't slip. Now, it's important to understand this is not talking about at the time of Holachat, um, at the time of Avoda, because you can then you have a chatzitza, something separating between the coin's feet and the ground. You're allowed to have anything, though. Where shoes have to be barefoot and everything like that. However, we must be talking about that's a time when taking Holachat Eitzim Lamaracha. When they're taking simply the we're taking wood to the top of this Bayach. And it was to prevent them from slipping, and that wasn't an avodah that they were doing, but simply taking wood to the top of the ramp, that's an avodah, so there's no problem with having some sort of chatzitza, interestingly, from Chaim explained. And finally, it says, you can't do a bimidina, because again, um, with, um, with Mikdash, it says, well, because it looks like to have a kumosif albinyan, because it's like you're adding to the construction. Okay, let's continue. Umamalim min bor hagola begal gal so these are places where you could draw water from using a galgal. Now, I'm not sure if you learned with Mishnah before, but the Pnei Moshe explain, brings an opinion that because if we allow you to start extracting water in these massive amounts using a proper wheel, the concern is one might start irrigating their field, for example, like that. However, Rebbe doesn't understand it that way. He seems the concern is because it's, what it seems to be is that it's only allowed in the base of Mikdash. Why? Because this is something that's mashmiakol, something that produces a loud noise. So in the base of Mikdash, it was allowed. However, there's certain things we don't allow because of the Abshamilta, so it's a big noise that's produced. Uh, even if it's not musical, we'll see that discussion in the Gemara. And however, in the base of Mikdash, it was needed and certain things were okay. As he says quite clear, 
Okay, let's have, let's have try and understand the Gemara now. Yehuda Berebi says, Lo shano ela gemi, aval bin, sorry, bin ginyon, sorry, bin, I can't even pronounce it here, bin ginyon, so bin gion is asur. Bin gion here is um, actually a piece of like azor, a small belt, like a fabric. So in other words, when it says in the Mishnah, this coin who's got a wound on his hand, he can wrap gemi around it. That is if it's talking about some reed grass. However, some sort of fabric, you're going to run into the problem with called Yutur Begadim. I mean, the coin himself can, is meant to wear the Arba Magadim and he can't wear anything else. He can't wear it. If it's cold, he can't put on a scarf. So therefore, this, if, he, if the coin has a wound and he puts some sort of fabric around his finger, that's Yutur Begadim. Begadim, right? So Sabrim Meymar, so therefore Sabrim Meymar Yutur Begadim Kichisur Begadim. So just as a coin's not allowed to have Wear less clothes to wear at least for it. Also, he understood that wearing excess clothes would also be a problem. And Rabbi Yaakov Bar Achas says, "Mishum Rav Yasa, the the that what the Rabbi Chinina, the Am, like Rabbi Chinina, the Am Rabbi Chinina, the Vajel Yechotz Bein Ola Bein Abeged." The only issue is of wearing some of this fabric thing is that it doesn't produce some sort of chitza, mechitza. Sorry, lo Yechotz Bein Ola Bein Abeged, v'lo Bein Beged Abeged. In other words, there's no problem having even a fabric thing. But the only issue is, is that producing a chatzitza, some sort of intervening barrier between the coin and his clothing? That would be a problem. So therefore, let's understand Shita Rebbe Chanina. Why is not this piece of fabric that he's wearing as like a patch to, for his wound considered a yitur begadim? It says, What is yitur begadim? What's the issue of excess clothing? That's shtek ketonot or ketonot. Tonet or Kutonot, I think is how it's pronounced. Shnei Mitznafot, or two, uh, two Mitznefets, which is the turbans, so two belts, two turbans, or Shnei Avnets. Um, then, so the Mitznef, yeah, the Kutonet is the cloak, Avnet is the belt, okay? So, in other words, Itur Begadim is only if you're wearing excess big day kahuna. That's the point. So, therefore, Quench Lakabetz Bokrakalavagemi, now, so therefore, Simply having a piece of fabric, it's not one of the big day kahuna, so it wouldn't be a problem to begadim. That's why, according to Rabbi Hanina, the understanding of Rabbi Hanina is that the only issue with putting a little fabric bandage around a wound is only if it would form a chatzisa between the body and the clothing. Okay. Now the Gemara says, okay, avnet, would that be a problem? What if he took the avnet, he had a wound, and he put uh, again on his hand or something that wasn't going to produce a chatzitza for his avoda off between him and the clothing. And he took the avnet, which is one of the big day kahuna, and then wrapped around his hand. Now the question is, is that now a turbagadim according to him? Why? Because call shem avnet pasul, because now it's one of the big day kahuna. Or maybe it's enu posel el babamush. But because he's not wearing it as a belt, he's not putting on two belts, he's just wrapping it around, say, his hand where the wound is. Maybe then it's not considered chatzitza. Sorry, not chatzitza. Maybe it's right. Maybe then it's not considered a yitur begadim. Because maybe yitur begadim is only if you wear one of the big day kuna, like big day kuna, and here it's just wrapping around a wound. So that's again left as a question. Let's continue. Tani, ma'alim be diubiti. Now, oh, you got your diubiti, but later on you've got diubiti. Now, diubiti here it seems to be like a, the way Rav Chaim explains, like a siphon. So we're trying to extract, what's a siphon? You get a pipe with two ends. And if you're trying to extract lots of fluid from a uh, clay, you know, people do this petrol when they're stealing petrol, but the, you sort of, you, you sort of suck one end of it, or you put one end in the liquid you're trying to extract. So here, for example, wine, you suck up one end of it, and just before it comes into your mouth, very important, you don't do this with petrol as well, then you, you put it lower d- down than the surface of the water. Okay. And that way, the pressure and the, and the, all the other you know, physics related to it will end up, the water will end up streaming out because the other end is lower. Okay. 
So the question is, you're not allowed to do, you're not allowed to, sorry, you're allowed to do this on Shabbos. The Gemara Chaim says, this is near the end of what's Maybe it's because you're producing a noise, because a lot of this has got to Hashmat call. If you recall, this is regarding the Mishnah. We're talking about the Galgal that produces noise. Or maybe because of the Dechol. In other words, maybe the Havimina will be asked because it produces a noise, or maybe because of the Dechol. Nonetheless, we're allowed to do it. Okay, let's continue. Umotifin ba'arak. You've got Adak here, but Arak Lachola Bishabas. Now, an Arak here is, seems to be a clea that, um, we saw something like this in Mesekta Shabbos where they used for watering. But basically, it's a clea that has lots of fine holes at the bottom of it, but like a shower head, but much finer, it sounds like. And if you simply put your finger on it, know what is going to come up. As soon as you let it out, it'll start drip, like a drip later, start dripping in a way. Now, you do this for a Chola on Shabbos. Now, what's the point of that? We'll see in a moment. Now, it says, Ma'alim Bidiubiti. It says, that's Misha, that's Misha Tmicha. That's the explanation of a siphon. What's that for? One understanding is it's to wake up the chole. So in other words, we don't want to, the, the chole is in a very precarious situation. If I speak very loudly or I shake him, I'm concerned that the shock will endanger the person, the chole. So what I do, I use this little dripolator system that produces this fine showery sound. And that's just, that's a sensitive way of waking up this chole. Okay. And Itabai Maymar, it's actually Koknita, which is actually the opposite. It's, you know, some people, when they can't get to sleep, they put um, music on for like a, a forest rain and things like that. That's the idea. This the Cholek found it difficult to go to sleep. And you put this like nice musical sound of this dripping water that helps them go to sleep. Now, the Nafkimina between those two ideas is, I'll read you, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. Rukhain says here, this is according to the first one, this is according to the first understanding to wake them up. That's if he's a nichah to asul l'molah b'gagal b'shabbos. Now we can understand why it's asul l'molah b'gagal b'shabbos. The afagal de'imash mi'a kol shir nami asul. Because you see, in the first, if you're using it to wake the person up, it's not a musical thing. But it says here that normally you wouldn't be able to do it because it's hashmat kol. Okay, so we can understand now. That's why I understand the mission is referring to the gagal being the problem of hashmat kol. However, if it's according to the second understanding, that's to put him to sleep and it's musical. If he's elosh shamanu hashmat kol asul ella kol shir. Then you can see, therefore, according to the second way of understanding, the only thing that's problematic and we only allow for a chula is if it's producing some sort of musical sound. Okay. And therefore, um, and, and so therefore we're left, we're left with a question then. And it says, and then he brings what the, the, the Panemosh said in the beginning. Call the issue wasn't because it's producing a sound. As I explained, like Panemisha says, Reb Chaim explains it here, that really the Bavli understands the whole issue of the Galgal is because you can, you can pull out with such ease, such huge amounts of water. And one time, the concern is that people might end up, say, watering the fields and stuff like that. Okay. But anyway, that's, but yeah, that's a different way of understanding what could be the problem with this. Is a Hashmat call Musica or Hashmat call Bichlal? That could be the problem of Shabbos. Let's continue. So let's say there's, uh, it's been heavy rains and the chatzar is quite muddy. And there's a bit avil or bit mishta, house of mourning or, a, or a, there's a, some sort of simcha. And the concern, because it's muddy in the chatzar, that people will get muddy. Okay. Harei, what can he do? He can tell at, now change the next two words, hateven umeraded. You can take straw and put it down and meraded and then you know, scatter it in such a way. As long as you do it with some sort of shinoi. Now, what's here, what's important here to understand, Rukhain points out, is that 
When it came to the salt, the issue of putting the salt on the kevesh, you could only do base of mikdash was what? Outside basement, you can't do it because it looks like a musif alabinyan. However, when you're scattering this tevin, since the tevin is still going to be ra'uila achila, you can use it to, not for your own personal achila, to feed your animals, you're not mevatel it there. And therefore, it doesn't look like a musif labinyan. That's why this gemara, that's why the gemara raises this in the context of the Mishnah. Okay, let's continue. Tani, ein memalim ba'adasha. So adasha, Again, all the Mepharshim explain it differently. Rokhaim explains it like simply this is the case of the Galgal. You're not in the Galgal, you're not due with Adashan Shabbos. However, im kechas ala chevel ola meshicha matir. However, if pulling it up without the Galgal, in other words, you're going to have to do it with repetitive actions. And it's, you're going to concern that the, the chevel might actually break. Then it's matir, you'll be able to do so. so. In other words, under certain circumstances, it sounds like the way Rokhaim reads it, you'll be able to, um, the, the galgal would be able to be utilized. Okay. Let's continue. So these are the galgalim that we're allowed to do. By the way, when it says bor hakar, it doesn't mean the cold bor. If you remember, we learned this before, it's minashom makor. It was a ber maim chayim. It was an actual spring which it draw the water up from. Okay. Now it says, Now the question why that is, it's not in the base of me, this is sort of outside of the question is, why was that allowed? Uh, it says, When they came back to Eretz Yisrael, they camped by there. And they were matir for those in, in, in that particular circumstances, that particular bore. Okay? And it says, Not all berot that came from Amai in the matir, that was a special dispensation in that situation for that particular time. So, and this relates to the sugi we saw regarding the biraot. If you recall, Reb Chaim says in the next few words, a nimshach again pulled in from that sugi there. You know, it's just as there, it's, in other words, it was only, in I mean, a sugi. Only that be'er hakar was mutar given a particular circumstance, and you couldn't draw that, despite the fact that tam had gone around, gone off. It wasn't, there wasn't a need anymore. There weren't ole babel coming in like forever. Nonetheless, that particular bore was mutar, and that's the heter stayed. So too in the case of the biraot, we said that, if you recall back there, the pasibiraot, if you recall, those are the, like, the picture frame mechitzel. This makes you picture frame mechitzel, allowed people to pull out from the brush which is the bore, into the air enclosed by those sort of picture frame style um, mechitzel. That's the sugar we saw in the past, um, and I'm not going to elaborate any further given the time. Let's continue. Let, let's just begin the part of Mishnah. Mikdash. What if you find a sheritz in the base of Mikdash? This is and a sheretz, one of the dead, dead uh, one of the teeming creatures. If it's found dead, then it's a source of tumah. What do you do? So coin motzil behemiano. What he can do, the coin can take his belt and take it out. Now, what's the problem? What's what what what's issues at play? Firstly, it's going to make one of the big day tame, but it's not going to make him tame because he's not touching directly. A sheretz is only matame b'maga, but not b'masa. Means him, him carrying it's not going to make him tame only if he touched it. So he wraps it up with his beged, okay, with uh, with the belt. That's opinion to Rabbi Yochanan ben Bruka. And so that's a shalot shot to so not to delay. In other words, we don't delay. We don't go look for a kli that's not susceptible to tumah, like a simple wooden board, like a paddle or something like that, because we don't want to delay um, removing the tumah for any moment. It's better, it sounds like we'll see this in the Gemara tomorrow, it's better to make the tumah one of the kalim, one of the big dekuna, and get it in order to get rid of the tumah as quick as possible. However, Rabbi, Shimon, Rabbi Huda says, no, but shall etz, shall It's best to use one of these. So try and find a clear that's not susceptible to tuma, because I don't want to make kalim. I don't want to make the begadim uh, tamer. I want to reduce the amount of tuma spread as possible. 
let's continue. Mechel Matsyonoto, where, where would we say you have to remove it? Meaning, you don't, you don't just kofin al psachtar, we'll see that in a moment. The, the, you don't simply leave it there and cover it with a kli. That's mina heichal or mina ulam. The heichal is, is the kodesh where the, the menorah, the shulchan was. The ulam is the, the, the hallway, if you like, that was just before the heichal. And beina ulam the mizbeach. And also in Nazarah, in the space between ulam and mizbeach. This is the opinion of Rabbi Shuma ben Nanas. Rabbi Akiva says, Omer makum shechayim al karet, vashkelto chatat, musham otzioto. According to Rabbi Akiva, any place that someone who entered there instead of Tumah would be Chayv Karet, so including the Azara, then you, you have to remove it from there. Anywhere else, you get this big kli called, called, called the Psachtar, um, and you cover it over the fuse of the Psachtar. We, that was also this big kli. That had, we had two like big handles on the end. They used to take a Tumah Tadeshin, and the third one, I can't remember what it was for, but we'll get to that next year. Anyway, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Makom now, this is a really important um, uh, 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 member of Rabbi Shimon. The first point is, Rabbi Shimon is machmir when it comes to koshrin at animin. In other words, he says, you're not even allowed to tie a, tie a knot when it comes to the kalim of the nilevim, even in the middle. Why? Because the sphera he says, you can only use a bow to tie it. Mishum because she asro mishvut below kshira shimidibre Torah. Because kshira, even if even though it's not shall kayama, he says it's that, that's midibre Torah. It's a sort of midibre Torah. However, a bow, which is mamash just a shvut, only that you're allowed to do. So it's much more machmir. And don't be surprised. I'll read the say, I'll basically say the rest outside because it's a long, a long piece. And just given the time, he says, I'm more machmir than you here when it comes to the, 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 the strings of a, of, of the Libyan. You can't do a knot. You can only do a bow. It must be a dafka, like the shvut, no, no hint of a devar Torah. Um, I'm more machmir. Now you might think, well, one second, why are you so machmir? Whereas earlier on in Masech the Rubin, you were so mekil. If you remember earlier in Masech the Rubin, we said that even if someone went within 15 amot outside the tchum, he's allowed to go back inside. This says, because, um, meaning, is, is a member regarding this, the bow on the strings. But the case where I was, so I was more makel than you around the 15 number is because the, they would put signs, if you recall, earlier within the real perimeter, I mean, the real, real limit of the tchum. And that was in case people, because people sometimes aren't so aware of signs and they might take a few steps out. And what Reb Shimon says, the reason why I'm not here there is because not nulacha, chachamim not nulacha, that area. That area is really a buffer chachamim set, set up for you. And that's why I don't, don't find it contradictory that I'm a machmer in this case, more makel in the other one. Okay. We might just uh, go over this part again next time, but, um, the, yeah, that's the sheer table we got in the top. Goals, I'll have a good day.